that you're not prepared for the spoilers we're about to tell you for Peacemaker, okay? Um, guess what? Aquaman fucks fish. And, you know, I found an alien in my toilet. His name was Duty. And he's from the planet Uranus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the type of talk we're gonna have on in this episode of the Geeky Dad After Dark. It's it's uh it's a bit weird, but it's gonna be fun. Trust me. Okay, I'm the Geeky Dad. Um gotta make sure the kids are asleep. Let me bring in the the geeky wife. We're gonna be doing a little review. Um, if you don't want to be spoiled, okay, you can fast forward to maybe uh, forty five minutes or so, and uh, you can uh, enjoy our interview with our guest Samuel Vera. He uh, has a Kickstarter for his new book. There's an alien in my toilet. Yeah, it's it says. Is that as funny as it sounds? It's a fun book, and uh, I hope you check out the, the funny stuff we talk about in that uh, interview. But uh, if you want to be spoiled, continue on. All right, on with the show. Okay, okay. Okay, uh, we we did a uh, review for uh, the new HBO Max series Peacemaker for episode for our first episode. We reviewed episode one, two, and three of Peacemaker. Um now we are going we're going to review the rest of the show. Okay? And we're going to talk about every episode after episode 3 and then uh give an overall um sort of a review for the show. So um you liked the first 3 episodes. You remember those? It was a while ago, right? Yeah. Okay, she's... You okay? Yes, I'm okay. You know, you can sneeze. It's okay. No, I thought I was going to sneeze, but obviously you were just right next to me, so I couldn't sneeze. You can sneeze on me. I mean, unless you have have corona or something. No. Okay. I mean, we sleep in the same bed, so I don't think I'm scared of catching anything from you. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Let's do peacemaker. Right. So um. Not like let's do peacemaker, but let's do the review of peacemaker. Right. Um. So how do you judge um, John Cena as a as a dancer? He's funny. <laughs> he's growing on me. I mean, I remember saying like you know he's a douche bucket or whatever, but he's growing on me. He has a real monkey looking face. <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> yes. And, uh, he looks like a giant hairless ape. And uh, every time I see his uh, the like intro cr- to the show, right. it's so funny. He's like a Cro-Magnon Neanderthal. Oh, gosh, please. <laughs> Have you seen the baby trying to copy his move? He does? Yes, he tried. Well, obviously, we had to take off the show because yeah, well, it's um, all about, like, FFF in the show. And- episode 4 probably had the most fucks I've ever heard <laughs> in a <the> show. <laughs> Literally, it was like almost every other word was mm-hmm. FFFF. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if they're trying to go for some Guinness record on that show, but mm. they certainly did. 
know, definitely not for kids. Nope. That's why we don't watch it when the kids are up. I mean, or even the baby's up. Maybe that's why they picked such a, 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 a obscure um, DC character that no kid probably even knows about. Mm-hmm. Okay? They couldn't do this with Batman. No. <laughs> okay? And literally, I am a big comic book nerd, and I barely know anything about Peacemaker. He's not a big major character at all. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think that's the reason why they picked him. Oh, why don't you break the bad news? Like, you know how he's supposed to be badass in this show. They're making him a little softy. Well, you know, um, if you compare him... From the movie. From the movie version. Mm -hmm. Which was like, I will kill you no matter what. I will kill kids, women, children, everybody in the name of the government, and mm-hmm. I'm just Amanda a Waller. I'm just a robot working for the government, whatever. I don't care, you know. And then they totally changed that for the show. They're trying to soften him up a little bit. That now he has problem killing the children yeah, or women. Right, right, right. I mean, I guess they're trying to do that just because. Why would you want to watch a show where the guy is evil? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> That's just like Breaking Bad or something. You know, nobody wants to see that. And uh, in episode four, we have a, a different change in the dynamic of the show. We focus a little bit on vigilante. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's one crazy fucking dude. <laughs> okay? I like him. Vigilante is, he he looks... He has no filter. No, he looks like a freaking serial killer without his mask on. (laughs) He looks like those guys, you know, the serial killer you always see on the news. He has, he looks like a a, a normal looking white dude with glasses, timid. Those are the guys that are always the ones that turn out to be serial killers. Oh my God, you've been watching too many Criminal Minds. No, I don't watch that. That's your show. But... You know, um, it's... But you're right. You're right. That's what they said. Like, yeah. he The he, normal looking person, he looks like he looks, totally normal. He looks very normal, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, a little bit too normal, mm-hmm. you know? But um, he has a weird code of, uh, like, he kills people with no filter, basically. He'll kill you if you're, like cross the street wrong or something Mm -hmm. you know if you're smoking he said he'll kill you Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and his best friend is peacemaker and he'll do anything for him for him they have like a weird dynamic he's a little bit obsessed with him a little bit you know i mean uh, i mean and and you know the the vigilante character of adrian chase is much different though in this show uh, also showed up in Arrow, mm-hmm. and he was a crazy fucker in that too. <laughs> yeah, well, but that show he was much more serious. But well, he was one... pretending to be like a DEA agent, mm-hmm. whatever. But in this one, you could actually also see him like a to- a little bit funny. Like he's bad, but still, like there is like a humor in it. Yeah, he kind of acts a little bit like Deadpool, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. A little funny. Mm-hmm. He'll kill you, but like especially with a smile on his face. Right. Yeah. Well, base, you know, um, the funny thing is, like, he tries to hide his secret identity 
to the other members of the team. It's so mm-hmm. funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, um, in episode four, he he's manipulated into Arebayo. Uh, Amanda Wall's daughter to go. Say the name. Abadu, abadabadu, yabadabadu. <laughs> Arebayo. Ar- Arebayo. Adobo. Adobo. Okay. Um, but is that her real name? I don't know. It's in the show. It's her name is I Arebayo. Her, I thought her name was Waller. No, I I don't think they know. She's the. Is that a fake name? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so but she... she's she's a manipulator, mm-hmm. okay? Maybe because her mom is the master of manipulation. That's what she does. Amanda Waller is known for doing that. Um so she tricks um Vigilante into going into prison to try to kill um White Dragon. The White Dragon, who is Peacemaker's dad. Augie. Yeah. And he fucks with them in prison, right? Yes, really bad. <laughs> He talks about how, um, uh, imagine how a white supremacist would feel when a white guy talks good things about black people. They would be, that's like, like, that's like the worst thing for a KKK member to hear, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's talking about like, oh, how would uh, be music without black people? Yeah. (laughs) That he was saying like, how he'd like to rape them or something like that. Yes. (laughs) He would just like without the black people, the music would like sound like two guys or like you know like raping or something like. I know he was or, he, along that line. He was he was totally fucking with them. Yes. <laughs> okay. And uh, he wanted he wanted to kill them, but he couldn't get a chance to mm-hmm. kill them. He he messed up a couple of them though, and you know they, for a guy that looks so timid, he is a badass, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I think he fights better than a peacemaker. Yeah, well, you know. I don't know who trained him, but whoever did, did a good job, you know. Um, and uh, what else happened in the episode? Mm. They had to kick him out of the jail. Yeah, they had to take him out. Yeah. yeah. Or else, like, you know, it would, like, they cannot have him kill White Dragon because it will also backfire on them. Oh, then the other good scene was when Judo Master escaped. Oh, gosh. The monkey. <laughs> Judo Master. <laughs> He's a hard guy to kill. Mm-hmm. They shot him, right? Mm-hmm. He's still alive. Well, before that, like... Uh, he, he escaped. Yeah, he escaped. Beat the and shit out of economics. E- economists. <laughs> not economics. Yeah, he effed uh, he off econ- economists and uh, he escaped. But yeah. uh, Peacemaker caught up to him. And just when uh, he's about to spill something about the butterfly, obviously... Amanda Waller's daughter, Adobo Adebayo. Shoots him. Shoots him. Right. <laughs> so, which kind of gives us, like, the, to think, like, what was he trying to say? Right, right. Um, Is the butterflies really good or, like, they're bad? Yeah, yeah. But that little that little guy can really... Kick ass. Kick ass. He was beating everybody's up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminds me of... Uh, that the um the little Asian guy from Hangover, remember? Oh gosh! Yeah, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> oh, You're funny. Um. So yeah. Uh. Then we go into episode um five, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that's when you know we get a little bit of action. He he puts on a different um 
helmet, mm-hmm. right? X-ray. Yeah, the X-ray helmet, and he goes into this warehouse where the butterfly people are making their little juice. Yeah, the thing they drink. Yeah, the little uh, amber liquid. Ham, like like honey. Amber liquid. They keep honey liquid drink. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he goes in there and just fucking kills everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, with his uh, X-ray vision thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have to fight uh, the monkey. Oh, yeah. The giant monkey, which I thought was going to be Gorilla Grodd. It wasn't, though. I mean, uh, uh, what was it? Vigilante wanted to take the chainsaw to fight everybody inside the warehouse. But obviously, <laughs> everybody vetoed him. Guess who ends up saving the day? Vigilante? No. What? That damn chainsaw. Yeah, Econ- but he... Economist he... comes with the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Economist is the one who did it. That came out of nowhere. Yes. That's how everybody becomes like friends with economists because Peacemaker would not... They said that was hardcore. Yeah. (laughs) Because Peacemaker did not want to like uh, talk to economists for some reason. Like he's always busting his chops. He calls him dye beard. Yes. (laughs) And he keeps denying that he dyes his beard. But it's so funny. Every episode, his beard is getting whiter and whiter. Like the dye is coming off. Mm-hmm. from his beard <laughs> and yeah. i think that's intentional they they planned that joke mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't and think a lot of people notice that and you you kind of get the feeling like the team is actually become like a little close-knitted because they kind of yeah, take yeah. pictures hardcore is finally stop being a stone cold bitch mm-hmm. you know she was kind of reminding me of you a little bit too much really i am not hardcore. <laughs> so okay? i'm <so> kidding <laughs> you better be yeah, uh, you 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 uh softened up like her, really. Yeah, hmm. yeah, um, and then uh the big reveal at the end of uh, episode five. Spoiler. I mean, it's pretty much a given. We're, we're this is a spoiler episode. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, the, their boss Mern, mm-hmm. the weird looking guy, who acts weird. He's a butterfly alien too, mm-hmm, yeah. which Arevaya puts on peacemakers. Yeah, and they find out and, uh, because uh, helmet, yeah. and she finds out. Yeah, and it ends at a cliffhanger, like he's about to kill her. Dun dun dun. And here comes episode six. There we go, episode six. Uh, what do you think about episode six? Um, Funny as hell, right? <laughs> yeah, but not as much as action. No, that the scene in the school was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> especially with the little kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Oh boy, the baby woke up again. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. We'll be right back. And we're back. We have tamed the beast, and we are here for you with yeah. our reviews. Yeah. Okay. Um. As we as we were saying, episode six, uh, was was really funny with the with the kids in the school, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The best one was the little Chinese kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, why was he in the school again? Oh yeah. Because of the Indian janitor, right? Yes. He just wanted to bring a guest speaker for his uh, daughter's 
class. So they thought like, you know, Peacemaker's gonna be there. So he used that card. Obviously, Peacemaker didn't um, promise him anything, but he was just being a good um, friend to him. Yeah. Um, we find out a little bit more about uh, the butterflies, right? And uh, they, the the cops, um, they they find out where where Peacemaker lives, mm-hmm. and they raid his house. Well, the trailer. Yeah. And um well he they were trying to his uh his uh teammates were trying to uh give him the heads up obviously he doesn't pick up his phone. So they ended up calling Adrian. Yeah. Uh, the vigilante. Yeah. Dumbass vigilante. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I got to say about vigilante. He is the a loyal M- friend. No. He's the MVP of the show. Okay? <laughs> If he wasn't in the show, the show would probably not be as good. That's one funny motherfucker. All right? Yes. I would say, like, right now I'm enjoying him more than Peacemaker. I feel like he's doing all the hard work and Peacemaker is just being the sidekick. Yeah. And also, he's he gives you, like, the funniest expressions on his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, his body, his head doesn't match his body. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he looks like a like a... Weird serial killer. <laughs> yeah, you said that before. Yeah, but, but funny, funny looking. Yeah, like especially his glasses. Like, where does he keep them, right? And he says random stuff. Mm-hmm. Random. He's all about random stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, they uh, invade his uh, little little um trailer park. Uh, they escape through the hatch. Yeah, and uh, Goff, the butterfly that. They have constant- the lead, the leader of the butterflies, mm-hmm. aliens, goes inside. Um, no, no, no. He, uh, P- vigilante, had him in uh, behind a jar. Him. Yeah, jar taped, but yeah, he falls. And dumbass falls on it and breaks it. Mm-hmm. But that that's not the big surprise. The the goth mm-hmm. goes inside the head, um, FBI agent lady, mm-hmm. and goes inside the of her oriental lady, which they also have a uh, banter uh, about. Like uh, it's not oriental, it's. Asian. Yeah, I was about to say, like, why are you calling her Oriental? <laughs> yeah. You know, you're Asian. You should be more sensitive. Well, I'm just talking about the banter they had. It's not like, you know, my point of view. Okay. You better watch it. You're going to get canceled. Come on. I didn't mean it like that. You know it. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, um, yeah, she, she is in... F- well... Can we say infected or taken over? I would say like she got taken over because like the butterfly goes inside her. Yeah. At least it didn't go up her ass. Oh God. Yeah. You're disgusting. Um. So, they they find the uh, the diary that. Uh, um, well, first of all, they escaped. Obviously, the guy, the head guy from the um, the Marn had a connection, uh, gives him a car, and they escape. Yeah. And he kills all the cops that witnesses. Yes. witnesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and all, all, also like vigilantes going crazy, killing all the cops he sees, and like peacemakers tell him like, "Yo, chill, calm down." Yeah, just make them consci- uh, unconscious. Eagerly is like kicking ass. Also. Mm-hmm. 
And then so, they escape. Mm-hmm. And uh, his trailer gets tossed and they confiscate his uh, diary. Which basically was planted by uh, Adobo. Adebayo. Yeah. And uh, basically... To frame him. Imp- yeah, it frames Peacemaker for all of the killing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, the the Peacemaker's dad, the White Dragon, right? Mm-hmm. He has like a bootleg version of like Iron Man armor on mm-hmm. and he's going to go kill his son and um then the other big reveal is uh there's like hundreds and hundreds of like butterflies they yeah, inv- invade the police station and take over everybody everybody even their prisoners mm-hmm. so the the butterflies have a whole army mm-hmm. now now, um, what about uh, episode seven? I think that's all for episode six, yes. Yeah, episode seven. Guess who comes back for episode seven? Judo Master? Yay, fee do. That's one tough, short fucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. He took a shotgun blast to the chest. Was it a shotgun or just a pistol? I don't know. He just took a gunshot. I was he took like, a gunshot to the chest. They just wrapped his chest, and then he's still like normal. Eating Cheetos in a corner. Eating Cheetos. And some some ass. some guys pick on him for being short, and he fucks him up. Leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. And he he basically like f them up, and then just take their car and vomus. Yeah. And then, um, Mern, the big um, boss of the crew, gets caught by the butterflies and killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he tells his. Uh, team members to just go kill the cow yeah which is like giant giant kaiju type of uh alien again once again another kaiju mm-hmm. that the suicide squad mm-hmm. have gotten themselves into and an alien too mm-hmm. yeah and it's being milked uh, it looks like that. a giant um like um caterpillar thingy yes yes with like with others, others, and yes, and uh, multiple With a big, eyes, big freaking eyes. <laughs> yes, and yeah. uh, it's being uh, milked for their um, the amber liquid. Right. So basically, right. without this thing, butterflies would not survive because yeah. that's their food source. Yeah. So basically, we have an epic showdown between Peacemaker and his dad. vigilante and the redneck racist guys. Uh. You forgot the dad, the yeah. white dragon. The bootleg Iron Man. Yeah, okay, bootleg Iron Man. Okay, we, we get that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got you almost got sad. You thought Vigilante was going to die. Yeah, because I told you I'm watching the show for him now because I get more kick out of him than uh, Peacemaker <laughs> because Peacemaker, at this point, I'm telling you, telling you over and over, it's he became a sidekick. Yeah, he, he became a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is, they have a bond, like all three of them, you call him economy, well, economist, uh, vigilante, and Oh, by the way, by the way, every episode, (laughs) economy, his beard is getting wider wider and wider and wider. It's funny. (laughs) Well, anyhow. I don't know how how dyed hair (laughs) can get so white so fast. 
Oh. I thought it lasts longer than that. Yeah, I thought like all of this like taking place in span of like you Couple, know, days. Like days. Like yeah. that's like the worst die. Mm, yeah, we gotta find out. Maybe we should tell people not to buy that. That's like a bootleg die job. It can't be just for men. No, can it? no, no. Okay. I don't know what he's using. What do you use? I I'm all natural. Oh. <laughs> is that what you say, people? Yeah. This is why I'm on podcast. They can't see me. Oh, I can say whatever I want. <laughs> I got a long flowing hair like uh, Tom Cruise in um, Mission Impossible 2. Wow. That was some dreamy hair he had in that movie. Wow. We are optimistic, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, the Peacemaker gets uh, messed up by a bunch of raccoons. Right? No, one of the raccoons. One raccoon fucks up his whole face. But why though? You just you gotta tell them that. Because he he ties the the helmet to. Well, before that, a raccoon. Dad could uh, find where Peacemaker is going because of his helmet because he right. put a uh, tracker in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um. Uh, we also find out uh, uh, a a new fact about vigilante. He can only take a piss if he takes off. His pants, yes. right? Yes, because he doesn't like uh, rubbing the pants on his... Uh, Genitalia. But, he said but. Oh. If the pants is rubbing on his butt, he cannot pee. And we saw his paley white butt. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, we have. Yeah. I, I think it's uh, too much excitement for you, yeah, isn't yeah. it? So, um, one thing I, I, I did not like. I didn't like, I thought Eagerly was going to die. Yeah, but Eagerly is also MVP of the show. He's mm-hmm. he's the baby Yoda of the show. He's cute, and the way he wobbles when he walks, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he attacks all the villains, and he hugs um Peacemaker. He's, yeah, he protects Peacemaker. Yeah, he's cute. Yeah, he's a cute but little. One thing also for sure is like uh, the loyalty that uh, Vigilante has towards Peacemaker. Like he would do anything. Just to save uh, Peacemaker. I think because he's a psycho. Okay. You keep saying that, but I think there is something else is going on. He's in love with Peacemaker, you think? Well, the father does say Peacemaker after woman, men. <laughs> no, he, he moves around like he says like a faggot or something. That's yeah. what the father no, said. No, he hits like a faggot. That's what he said. Yeah, well, yeah. The dad is a total asshole. He's the one that caused the brother to die. Mm-hmm. Okay. We found that out in that this episode too. They used to make the boys a fight He's each like other. the really racist guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No filter in that guy. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, you know, we finally see that asshole die in this episode, though. Mm-hmm. So he's gone. No more of his shit. Mm-hmm. And the team gangs together. Finally, the team comes together as a team. And they're going to go after the big giant cow and kill the cow. Yep. Which is yeah. not the cow. Like a caterpillar. Well, it's basically a cow because they're milking it. Okay, so just because you milk something, it becomes a cow. Yeah. Like you're a cow when you were giving birth. How could you? Just for that, you're sleeping on a couch tonight. The couch is pretty, pretty nice. No. You're sleeping on a couch tonight. You gonna come sleep with me? No way. No way. Can I milk you? 
You're nasty. <laughs> you nasty. Okay. Uh, what, are you, what, what are your predictions for uh, the last episode? Well, I think... Uh, what do you think they're going to do for season two? I have no idea. I hope they kill the cow and maybe somehow the mm. butter, some of the butterfly will probably judo like, master, survive. Judo master is still in play. Yeah, I I was kind of hoping that he would band together with them and help them fight. I st- but we still don't know why he's working with the butterflies. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I mean, not all butterflies are supposed to be bad. That's what we Yeah, but he was, wor- he was working with the bad ones, though. I know, but we'll see what happens. Most likely, well, they're going to kill the... He doesn't have a butterfly in him. No, he doesn't. No. So we're, we're, actually, we're actually recording this episode of the show before we watch the final episode of peacemaker so within this episode we're going to do our predictions before we see the finale Mm -hmm. basically i really think they're gonna kick ass and kill the cow that's that's obvious and most likely one or two butterfly or golf will escape and that's what they have to chase the next season Right, right. And maybe they will tell us why Judo Master is in play. Right. I mean, um, I hope next season they don't have another alien threat again. Because basically, basically, this is basically the same thing as as the starfish. Mm. They were taking over people's bodies also. I kind of hope that they don't uh, kill off Vigilante. I mean... Who knows? Mm. What if he'll probably die in a, just a stupid way, like killing himself or something, when everything's done? Right? Maybe. <laughs> I can imagine them doing that. Stop being an inside asshole. Yeah, well, you're an outside asshole. Wow. Okay. That's rich coming from you. Yeah. Um. So what do you think? You think uh, Peacemaker is gonna hook up with Hardcourt? I don't know. I hope so. Eh. She needs a she needs a man. Really, she needs a man. Yeah, mm-hmm. she looks like she's pent up. Right. What makes you think like she doesn't need a woman? Nah, 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 nah. Right. She doesn't seem like it. She doesn't right. seem like she's all woman. That lady. Okay, if yeah. you say so. Yeah. Cause she, you can see like she has some kind of attraction for Peacemaker. Yeah, I don't know why. He's a, he, he he come off as an ass. You know, some girls like uh, big, Assholes? buff, buff guys, buffoons that are dumb, looking for, you know, have mommy issues. I think he has mommy issues because he never had a mom growing up. Mm. You know, I still don't know how he turned out to even be good with that father of his. Yeah. You know. Yeah, as we said, like how how know? how did he even become good? That That would seem impossible because I think a lot of um, Ku Klux Klan members, all their kids turn out to be racist too, don't they? Mm -hmm. You forgot like he was an ass in the movie and all of a sudden like in this show, he managed to have a heart. I mean, there were points in the movie where they showed he had some kind of heart because there was a, you know, when they were dancing in the club Uh and he was like. Getting along with them and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but uh, remember, he was working with the government. He's he's a government guy. Yeah, but you know? they really mellowed him down in this uh, show. 
Well, of course. He's like like crying after he killed his dad. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't crying to kill his dad. Like he was, he was crying because Igli got hurt. Oh, I thought he was crying because he killed his dad. No, I think he. Felt... He was also crying because Igli got hurt too. Yeah, well, I know the mo- the tender moment you're talking about between him and Vigilante and Economist, but I think he he kind of felt bad, like he had to kill his dad. Also, I would have been I would have been pissed if Igli died. Well. I probably would um, give the show a bad review. Okay. You know, just like Baby Yoda, Eagly is untouchable. Mm. Do not hurt Eagly. Well, you I know, want an Eagly toy. Well, you know, I don't see Eagly to have like a Beskar uh, armor or anything. You know, like the. I still, I still love the way Eagly walks, like a little baby walking. You little... mean hobbling? Yeah, that's funny. Or waddling. He looks like a little baby. Walking around. I think uh, Grogu steals the show. Eagly's better. He can swoop down and like poke you. Right. Poke your eyes out. And uh, what can Grogu do? And he can fly. Right. Grogu could like... He could... Grogu's like you gotta save his ass all the time. Not really. What do you mean no? Not really if you show the last episode of Mando. I mean Mando Fett or Boba Fett. Yeah, well, that's a different show altogether. Oh. All right. Okay, let's uh, let's see uh, how this uh, last episode turns out, okay? Okay, um, we're back, and we are going to review the final episode of Peacemaker, the season finale. Now, we just got renewed for a season two. What do you think? I will be watching it. Now, I hope in the next season they don't... Um, they they change up the opening dance number. Do you, you know? know about that? I mean, they have to. Half the, the people in the, the dance number are dead. Mm. Huh? Uh, they still could do the same moves. It's just... No, no, no. They got to change it up a little bit. You can't, you know... Maybe keep the same song. Maybe you try a new song. Who knows? What do you think? Yeah, but I know, like, he's going to be probably dancing crazy again. Yeah, as long as, you know. If he's lifting weight and he looks like a a monkey. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, John Cena does have a ape quality to him. Yeah. 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 Um, So what do you think of the, the season finale? It Once again, was... we 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 got another kaiju. Yes. Okay. Uh, we uh, we got Adobo doing some dumb shit again. Adebayo. Yeah. I mean, instead yeah. of being a asset to the team, she's actually a ass hat to L- the team. A literal ass hat. Yes. Yes. Asset <laughs> to the team. <laughs> and, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, and then and then you have <laughs> economics. Finally, uh, breaking his fucking leg. <laughs> yes, and uh, he actually confessed. And like throwing up. <laughs> no, no, that's uh, he actually confessed that he dyed his beard. Right, right, yeah. right. I mean, we all knew that because well, every episode it's getting no, more no, white. No, he had to confess, and right. uh, I didn't know he was a virgin though. <laughs> yeah, that's we sad. also found out that um, um, Peacemaker has a very bad gag reflex. 
Yeah, yeah, well. Uh, and also, Eagly is not that smart. <laughs> mm, I don't know, maybe it's not just totally Eagly. It's probably Peacemaker. He cannot also communicate, or yeah, he probably yeah. thinks he could, but come on. Yeah, well, I mean... But, but... What? He, Eagly did kick ass last episode, and he, right. I mean, saved his ass. I mean, Eagly... I guess was like protecting his uh Friend. family Friend, whatever yeah. yeah he's still throwing dead animals mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah um I'm wondering how are you going to even do season 2 I don't know there's no Amanda Waller is gone now she's probably going to get arrested spoiler yes yes this whole thing's all spoilers oh uh, yeah right so um she got um she got her ass handed to by her... She got uh, fucked by her own daughter, basically. Great. Yes, yes. She did. By Adebayo. Yeah. Adobo. Adobo Adebayo. Ads. They call her ads. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, yeah. she's Peacemaker's BFF. Yeah, don't tell uh, Vigilante. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Vigilante, um, you know, I'm glad he didn't die. <laughs> there was a part where I thought he was going to die. But mm-hmm. he didn't die, so that's good. He's one crazy M mm, person, I guess. What, you scared to like curse on the show? Uh, what? You you keep doing that, so I'll keep this that is a, This is uh, an adult version of the show. Okay, but anyhow, the you thing know. is that... Uh, Kids are not supposed to be listening to this. Okay. All right? So, you can um, say, Mother Chode. <laughs> he's one tough motherfucker. Yes. Basically, that... He, we saw like even last episode that he uh, we thought he died but he didn't and this episode too we thought he died but he didn't i mean it, he either has a very strong armor or he's so dumb he doesn't know <laughs> i'll go with the second choice he's so dumb that he doesn't know when he's hurt yeah he or said he just... like oh no he didn't get hurt but he passed out anyway right right you know and you know if he if he comes back next season you know do the same amount of screen time. You know, he's good in small doses, but I think if they overdo it, they he's going to lose his appeal, mm. you know. Um. So I actually thought, like, Peacemaker wasn't going to actually kill Goff. I thought, like, he would probably... He didn't kill Goff. Well, he didn't, but, like, he killed the cow, so he basically killed her food source, so... Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they eat sugar, I guess. Or honey, whatever. Mm, the yellow stuff that's I mean, coming out of that caterpillar. Well, I mean, we know... Kaiju. you. Well, um, they got two things to play with next season, okay? They got... Goff is still alive. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, Judo Master's still alive. Mm-hmm. So and he might show up for revenge. And Amanda Waller is very pissed. Amanda Waller might, might want revenge. Mm-hmm. She's very pissed. You don't fuck with her. Yeah, be careful, Adebayo. She's a very big villain in the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they will have to uh, fight her second season or something. Ooh, I don't know. What if she creates like um, a her. rival suicide squad mm-hmm. to and go after them? Yeah, possible. Yeah. Oh, shh, 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 shh. Baby is waking up. Okay, I think we're good. All right. Um, 
But the big surprise, mm-hmm. okay, the Justice League shows up. <laughs> okay? Yeah. And it's a funny scene because uh, they they go back to the original joke uh-huh. of uh, Aquaman. Aquaman fucking it. Fish. Yeah. Surgeons. <laughs> uh, anyhow, Jason Momoa, yeah. you rock. I'm surprised he showed up. Yeah. Yeah. And Ezra Miller, the Flash, showed up mm-hmm. to <laughs> basically say, yeah, I'll come and you fuck fish. Yeah. That's a rumor. <laughs> no, it's not a rumor. <laughs> Are you being sarcastic? No. No. And also, they, they uh, conveniently put, like... um. Superman and Wonder Woman in shadow. They don't yes. say shit. Mm-hmm. At least, and they know, look fake. Mm-hmm. Right? At least they could have done the voiceover or something. Uh, where's Batman? Huh? I don't know. I guess he's too busy. <laughs> Being the Dark Knight. He's too busy with J Lo. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Uh, what was? What's their name? Benifer. Benifer. Yeah. Yeah. Where's where Also, where's Cyborg? I don't know. Tuning up his machines? I don't know. I mean, uh, the actor who played Cyborg uh, basically um, talked shit about Warner Brothers, so I doubt they'd have him in anything anymore. I did not know that. Because he said they were treating him like shit Mm. because he was black. Which was proven, I, I think, true. So... Guess he was right, but uh, you burned some bridges, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and also you know, Henry Cavill, for some reason they keep showing Superman but never his face. This is the second yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. They can afford him. Yeah. Either that or he's there's some kind of contract dispute Probably. there going on. Ever but since I'm glad that Aquaman showed up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's so weird, you know, that they mix their kid-centric, all-ages, all you know, franchise with this R-rated stuff. It's so mm-hmm. weird, you know? Yeah. It's like um, when the X-Men showed up in, in Deadpool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, yeah, I, I get it, yeah, Deadpool is rated R. So. Yeah, yeah. Overall, it was a good season. You liked, I liked. Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh, let's let's see what they have in store next season. Let maybe some more superheroes. Maybe not another kaiju. Okay. Yeah. I like kaiju's, but maybe come up with something. Maybe they're gonna fight some uh, human. I mean, they fought a lot of humans, but uh, no, as in like bad guys, like not like alien I, invasion and stuff like that. I'd like to see him. Um, fight some some other like uh dc character maybe i don't know well he's still fighting with his own demon he still sees his dad so yeah he i think that'll get tiring a little too too fast i hope they they don't uh do that too much next season Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're definitely in for a ride because they're like too happy right now everything seems okay so listen one thing one thing you know you know, this is the DC universe. They got people with some crazy ass technology. Okay, mm-hmm. 
nobody should be able to be like um cripple or anything you know yeah. they're like playing like oh hardcore is gonna hardcore is gonna be like cripple or something come on they got people with like helmets that can make you fly a human torpedo right mm-hmm. you're telling me they can't make some kind of technology to make her walk mm-hmm. huh what i don't get like why mm-hmm. did um dye beard went back to the facility that's why it works well i thought like you know since amanda waller is out of her maybe maybe somebody else will take over for amanda waller mm-hmm. you know it's happening in the comics evil yeah be funny if they bring in like uh, Lex Luthor. Oh gosh. Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Or somebody. Yeah. Ooh, what if they bring in um let's see uh Harley Quinn. Ah, <laughs> uh, she's a crazy fuck. No, no, no. Who else would they bring in? I don't know. I don't know. We guess we'll see. I mean, I'd like to see Harley Quinn. She's a nut house, but no, I don't think they can afford her. Mm. Yeah. Quite possible. All in all, it was a very good season. Uh we can't wait for season two. Yes. Right? Um you know, I, I have a guest coming in. Okay. So um you can go. You mean you can go? No, you can go. No, you can go. Where am I gonna go? To your man cave? Oh yeah, okay. See you later. Bye bye. Uh, we're here today with a uh, very special guest, uh, Samuel Vera. Uh, he has a Kickstarter coming out soon. Uh, you want to tell everybody about your Kickstarter? Yes, it's actually live now. I launched it on Tuesday. It's called There's an Alien in My Toilet. His name is Duty. He's from the planet Uranus. And he is, <laughs> he is tasked with coming to Earth on a secret mission to determine if we're a threat to his home world. And he thinks he's the only one capable of this sensitive mission um, because he's the most intelligent species in the universe. And the moment he boards his ship halfway to Earth, he realizes he forgot to refuel. So he crash lands on Earth. And um, now he has to try to survive and evade Earth's simple creatures. And, uh, and that's when the story takes off. Uh, does he end up in a toilet? Um, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's a mini series. It's a 10 part mini series. And uh, the punchline. Whoa, 10 is parts. Issue. Yeah. Wow. And yes, the, the punchline is in issue 10. Um, so uh, uh, right now, um, this issue right, that's on Kickstarter right now is, the, is his first issue where he crash lands and his first introduction to Earth's wild animals. Okay. Um, now, uh, Did you come up with this idea or, uh, as you were on the toilet or? <laughs> no, no. Um, when I was, uh, um, I had a company called Crazy Comics and ah, yeah. a, newspaper, a newspaper editor approached me and asked if, um, if I had a sci-fi related comic strip they, they're willing to publish. And so, you know, I was driving through the Lincoln Tunnel um, from New York to Jersey and uh, Duty just jumped in my head. He says, hi, I'm Duty from Uranus. And, uh, and that's how the story came to. And so I met my friends at IHOP. I flipped over the table napkin and I started mm. illustrating the character. And, uh, and that's how the idea came to my head. And I decided when I created him um, that I wasn't going to give it to the papers. I was going to produce it myself. So uh, you, uh, 
where did you um, get your like artistic skills from? Did you learn that from? Yes. Or... Yeah, so um, I grew up um, influenced by, I mean, I was a big um, Jim Henson fan, Fraggle Rock, Star Wars, um, G.I. Joe. I mean, uh, I, I loved everything and I was inspired by everything. And um, it wasn't until I saw a television series called Too Close for Comfort uh, where the dad. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. dad was an illustrator and he did uh-huh. a comic strip called Cosmic Cow. Mm-hmm. And that's when I looked at my mom. I said, oh, wait, you can do this for a living. He does that. And he makes money. And that's how he pays. I said, I want to do that. And um, so um, my school that I went to um, had basic art classes. Uh, so I bought every art book known to man. I mean, every, every the, the, the drawing the Marvel way. I drew, you know, I got the anatomy, everything. And then um, it wasn't until uh, I, I went and took continuing education courses at Cooper Union. And then I followed up at the School of Visual Arts, and then um, and uh, and then a lot of it self-taught. But then um, I took uh, courses with like Sal Amendella, who was an illustrator for the Big Boys, fantastic um, instructor. I took life drawing classes, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's how I cultivated uh, until I realized that while I did try my hand at traditional illustrate comic book illustrations, I preferred the more um, Charles Schultz cartoony esque illustration yeah and uh, a stylized version right yeah so instead of me trying to you know fit in and 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 do what everyone else is doing i just needed to find my own style and and that's what duty is exactly my style well you know we have something in common i went to sva and i had sal as a teacher nice (laughs) he's a good guy i love oh man soft-spoken i mean his his, and i loved what he would just he bring you up to his table quietly Right. Yes, you know, and yes. then you know he you know he sits down. He'll put the tracing paper. He'll he'll show you where your errors are. You know all that yes. stuff. You know, he, he has it like down fact. Yes, yeah. he, he would never embarrass you. He always, you know, right. made you feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, what what year was that? Oh, I don't remember. I'm, I'm six. Why were Moses parted the sea? It was a long time <laughs> ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was in the way. When was it? Oof. I was in uh, '99. No, it was, I was. I think it was 2000, maybe about 2001. Oh wow, we were there. very close. We could have probably been in a class one year apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we both show our age, right? That's how I, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> that's why I have the hat on, hiding the grace. Um, that, that's how I met my uh, buddy George. It was in the life drawing class, not in yes. the South class. And uh, all the models were the dudes. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of looking at these guys. So I was like, so we started talking. I was like, hey, you do comics? I do comics. And that's how we uh, met. And we've been working together for years. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first took my first life drawing class. It was like, you know, the cock right there. Under- <laughs> it was horrible. I was like, I remember the teacher got upset with me, the instructor, because he's like, wait, Sam. He goes, why is it every illustration you have, you have him without the without all the anatomy parts? I said, there's not enough room on the paper for him in, the, in it. So I chose him. <laughs> I was yeah. like, and I said, I don't want to stare at that damn thing. I was like, it's enough is enough. I, I, used to, I used to leave that part blank. I used to put on. Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, then the, then the instructor was crazy. He would put a table in front, put a chair on top of the table, and get this new dude to stand up. So it's bad enough, you know, that you know, now he's up there and balancing. And I remember I was walking to go to the bathroom, and he started falling. And mm-hmm. I had two options. 
catch him, then realize, oh no, I'm not catching a naked man. And so I said, you don't have to fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, unfortunately, nothing, nothing like that ever happened to me. No, no. I was like, why are you putting a chair on the table and having him stand on it? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. It got, you got to learn how to draw the body and stuff like yeah. that. You know. yeah. Some of that stuff you can't learn in books. No, no. So um, uh, talk about your uh, work before this book. My first comic book um, um, that I officially produced on my own was a book called Cosmic Wars. Mm -hmm. It's also a sci-fi um, um, series. And basically, I created the character when I was a kid. It's called Cosmic Gorf. And um, so when I decided to start my own uh, independent imprint, The Crazy Comics, that was my my launch into comics and it was um it was a multi-layered universe um no humans at all it was all alien species and it was uh basically this lone soldier who blames himself for the fall of a king and uh at a, at a you know in a, in a battle so he went into exile but now his the the king's daughter is now tasked with running the kingdom but she that they, they threatened to take over her kingdom and she needs to find the lone soldier. She needs to find Gorf, who, um, um, and she has to risk her life to find him against her general's orders, her commander's orders, um, because she knows he's the key to their, their kingdom salvation. So she risks everything, and all the dark forces are coming to try to get her. Um, so that was what I first started with uh, when I ended up when I started comics, and then I wrote a fantasy series called Forbidden, um, which I knew that I wasn't the right illustrator for. I wrote it, so I put it away, and I met this uh, artist. His name is Ani Balboa. He was on leave from the military, and um, uh, I met him at a Comic-Con where he was showing his portfolio, and uh, we hit it off, and so he started illustrating Forbidden for me. Um, I just finished the uh, Issues 2 campaign on Kickstarter in December, um, um, and uh, that's a full 170-page graphic novel. Wow, wow. And you're going to... Um... This is available if you don't go through Kickstarter, you can get this like on Amazon or something. Uh, my books can are available on my website. Uh, Amazon, you can get the ebook ebook versions. Um, right. You get you can also get ebooks on my website as well. But the uh, Forbidden, I just completed it, um, and so that graphic novel is going to be available in the fall in all stores. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, you also have a podcast, right? Yes. Uh, talk about that podcast a little bit. It's called Cast the Craze Podcast. Um, when back in 05, uh, when um, there weren't podcasting, wasn't a thing, it was just starting to introduce his head. And it was really cooking shows that were doing podcasting. And uh, I went to a pod camp and it was at the New Yorker Hotel. And, um, uh, and that's when I learned. That, and at that time, there was Comic Geek Speak and iFanboy. They were the two comic book yeah. um, behemoths mm -hmm. at the time. And I, was, and I was like, but they were all both talking about mainstream comics. And I was like, wait, there's nobody for the little guy. So after the pod camp, you know, I, I, I talked to all of these people that were giving the presentations. I was like, what kind of equipment do I need? What do I do? I ran to Sam Ash, you know, convinced my wife. I said, look, I'm doing this. And I got a mixer, some microphones. I went back home. I called the guys that had come over. I said, we're starting a podcast. It's called Cast the Craze. We need guests. And, so, and that's how it started. And then it took off. And um, we were on fire. And we were the number one independent podcast for independent comic podcast. Um, but we were attracting everybody like Neil Adams. We had Neil Adams on the show. We had the Dable brothers on the show. We had, um, you know, Mike Oming uh, on the show. We had a lot of uh, 
of mainstream dudes, Angel Medina. We had so many different um, guys. And then um, we also had celebrities on the show. And then um, when I left comics, I, I left podcasting as well. So um, then it just went uh, for, for 10 years. It was in limbo. And then when I decided to come back into comics in 2019, um, uh, I started to podcast up again. So what brought you back? Uh, it was the void. You know, I think, um, you know, after 10 years watching, looking through the rearview mirror, you know, and saying, you know, am I going to be that guy sitting on a porch and says, you know, what if, what could have happened, you know? And so there was this void in me. So we were in a good position, you know, you know, we, we got, we got the home, we got everything. And I was like, honey, if I don't do this, you know, I, I, I'll never be able to forgive myself. And um, so, you know, she said, go for it. And so I decided, and the, the difference was that, you know, everything changed. Cause when I did podcasting before I had, uh, camcorders, <laughs> you know, I was like, had these big bulky equipment and uh, everything changed. So uh, I uh, spent six months researching what changed, talking to um, uh, influencers online and, and YouTubers online and, and uh, figuring out, you know, what technology, whatever. And then um, um, I realized that, you know, open source software like OBS was free and all this stuff. So I was like, all right, let me do this. Let me do this. And then I, um, then, uh, I met up with George, my uh, former co-host. And I was like, hey, podcast you you, you want to get in on it he says sure and um we came back september of 2019 and now uh, we're up to episode 400 in a couple weeks wow wow yeah. so is that like uh is a weekly year or yeah it's uh it's uh so on so there's different shows uh different days of the week so on mondays there's a show called the craze in 10 minutes or less and basically it's a topic that i take from the the, the viewers and they'll say hey sam um, how do you make money an artist alley at a comic con? So I'll do that. I'll cover that topic in, in 10 minutes or under uh, on Mondays on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. We do a live stream where we're promoting the other guys um, crowdfunder. So they'll come on our show um, live at eight o'clock and they'll pull the Indiegogo's or whatever it is. Um, on Thursdays, we just started um, the morning brew with the crazy crew at 9am on Thursday mornings where George and I, we, we, now we go deep dive into those topics that I did for 10 minutes on Mondays. And then we also chat with the live audience. And then on Fridays, it's pre-recorded shows where we, where we interview a guest and they're, pre, they're already lined up and it's pre-recorded a month in advance and they, they air every Friday. So every Friday is a new show. And on Saturdays, it's what's in the box. It's a pre-recorded pre show where I do open <laughs> reads on books that people send me. So they'll send me their books. I don't, I don't, I'm not a critic. What I do is I'll open the book and I'll read per page and I'll act out the dialogue and uh, um, and that's how I give them exposure. So yeah, so Monday through Saturdays, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's over se almost 700 um, videos on the YouTube channel. Wow, wow, that's uh, that's a little bit overwhelming for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do yeah, too, no. and I'm I'm a little frustrated. <laughs> on top of on top of you know you know drawing my own books and, and marketing that stuff and you see you don't have everything. a lot of kids yet that's why <laughs> no i just have dogs and they're all sleeping around me right now um yeah. they're, they're like my secret service that where i go they go it's crazy yeah i was also in the comic book business and i took like uh, 10 years off when i had my kids and uh now that they're a little bigger now i i started the podcast with them nice I got two podcasts, one with the kids, and I do one with my wife. Nice. Uh, now I'm doing a third one now with you. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. That's awesome. But um, so uh, this is 10 issues. Are you going to do like a big collected, like big format? Yes. There's going to be two volumes and then there's going to be a collected edition. So um, every five issues is going to be a, a, a graphic novel. Um, and then at the end, it's going to be a full collected with additional bonus material. Um, mm -hmm. Each comic book uh, right now, like issue one, every comic book has four pages of activities, word puzzles, um, maze um, activities, trivia questions, uh, because um, duty encourages learning because he likes to learn. So um, and it's a great way for um, to introduce kids to comics um, and for the family to do so have fun together because there's 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 science based questions in there. Um, there's also a thesaurus because duty does use an extended vocabulary. So there's a thesaurus in there. Um, so, and then the answer keys are in the follow-up books. So, oh, you know what? yes. So you have, that's to go tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, or you use the mighty Google, but, um, right. um, uh, but yeah, so it's, uh, so every issue comes with that. Um, and that was intentional because, um, um, I believe learning is, is, is critical our development and um and what a great way to do it and have fun read a comic book laugh and also learn at the same time yes yes i mean just just reading this description of the book i laugh you know <laughs> uh so what do you what do you have planned after this you have any have you got any ideas well my goal is to um, put the package together and pitch to networks and uh, licensing organ you know, and license the product out. Um, that's my goal. I'm going to start doing conventions. I just signed up for the, the Dallas Fan Expo um, in June, I'm working on some local conventions. Um, I wanted to do San Diego Comic Con, but I haven't seen them uh, open up the, um, the applications yet. Uh, but yeah, so I'm planning on doing at least eight to 10 shows this year um, to get out there. And um, uh, but the goal is really just to get it getting into uh, stores and um, hopefully on the big screen. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say print is dead, but, you know, I think it's it's surviving more on digital now. What do you think about like um, books on digital versus like in print? So I prefer print. Um, mm -hmm. digital, I, I, the only reason why I read digital is because I do the what's in the box and it's easier because I could just put it on the screen and the viewers can see it. Um, but for me, I'm, I still collect. I mean, I, I have King Spawn here. I have the last Ronin. Um, I'm a big turtle fan, you know, so for me, I have to have the physical copy. I like it because you can take it wherever you, you go. You can always go back and refer to it. I'm also inspired by artists. So when I see somebody, how they interpret it, a specific scene, I'm like, oh, how did they do that? You know, so I prefer that. And I know that when I go to the comic stores and I went to seven out here in Dallas, um, it's, it's always busy. So people right. are there, people are still buying physical copies. I think, you know, we're creatures that like to touch. And, um, you know, there's only so much that your eyes can take. If you're looking at the TV all the time and you're looking at your phone all the time, you're going to start getting headaches, you know? So I think you just, you need a break from all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, uh, graphic novels geared towards kids are really big right now. You know, even uh, DC and Marvel, they're, they're doing special books geared towards the little kids now. Yeah. So, you know, you, you tapped into to a big market there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I I love all ages. I love to laugh. There's mm -hmm. just a lot. I mean, there's a lot of adult content, and um, so you know what, 
I'm swimming upstream and it's like, all right, you guys go down. I'm going this way. We're going to have fun and laugh. Yes. Yes. Um, you, you thought about um, doing like maybe action figures? Yeah. Yeah. I have, a, well, I have a custom plush. Judy oh, there he is. <laughs> uh, look, there's a big fellow right here. This is on the campaign. And I have, I have, I uh, just got him in the, I just got him back from the manufacturer. This is the custom 3D army duty. Um, which is also on the campaign. Um, there's mm -hmm. only 10 of them in existence. Um, uh, so yeah, so I'm working on, he becomes the army duty in issue number two. Um, he has an active imagination. So he gets, he, he tends to hit his head when he's attacked <laughs> and he, uh, he uh, gets knocked out. So in his dream, he conjures himself up into a larger than life personality and he defeats his foe. In reality, you know, he's getting a little butt whipped. Uh, okay, that's a spoiler. <laughs> That's a spoiler. So, uh, and uh, if you uh, on the campaign page, you'll see a lot of the characters that he becomes in the series. Okay, all right, That's cool. Um, you know, you, you, you thought about having like guests uh, doing guest artists doing some stuff for the book. Yeah, so George Medina did a variant cover. Um, and uh, an artist um, from Poland, his name is Maciek Empro, he did a variant cover as well. Okay. Uh, depending on the Kickstarter goals, you can probably get some more artists or no? Uh, not, not for this one. Um, not, not for this one. I, and uh, I think because uh, right now there's six covers and I don't like doing anything more than six covers. Um, there's enough. And then there's a, there's a lot of great stretch goal content um, that's already there. And this one is my first time introducing it. So I want to see what the market does and how the people respond. Um, so we're trending nicely. We're on the third day. We're about almost 70% to our goal. Um, and uh, so uh, hopefully as it's a 21 day campaign, I'm not doing 30 days this time. Um, and uh, so, you know, if this does well, um, um, then because I have this year, I had my other book I was going to do right afterwards, which is not Disney in my toilet. But if, if there's a demand for this, I'm going to go right into the second issue. Right, right. Uh, what do you think? Why do you think that does, does podcasting just took off? Because because it, the, the technology got easier? Um, I think, what, podcasting in general? Yeah. I think it's because of COVID. I think... Um, I think that, that too. I, yes, yeah. I think what happened was... But also, I think it's because, you know, it's a lot easier to start your own podcast. It is a lot easier because you don't need anything other than a phone. If you just, yeah. if, uh, you could just put your friend, put your phone and, and you need a stand for your camera phone and you could just do it that way with your friend and yeah. you can have the software. Um, and, um, um, and you can use two phones or a phone and an iPad. Um, and when, when COVID hit, that's when it went crazy because mm -hmm. COVID, what it did was, if we, if we hindsight, right? If we were known, I would have had stock in, in webcams because they, they, <laughs> went, they went through the roof, you know? So everyone was buying webcams, everybody. So I found it interesting because right before COVID, people were resisting 5G. They were tearing down towers, right? right. COVID hits. COVID hits. And now they realize that the kids have to be homeschooled. The parents don't have the technology, the bandwidth. Now they want 5G and they want new computers and they want you know, all webcams. And so that whole, the resistance stopped, right? And so now, now all of a sudden you can't get a webcam because I'm back order. You can't get these things. And everybody came up with a podcast. So I think that's what is because it's so easy to do now. Um, and you can do it from anywhere. You can do it live. You can do it anywhere. Um, so that's why it's uh, right now. It's just overly saturated. Yes. So how how do you try to stay above the pack? 
we stay true to our niche and we're an independent um um uh, creative podcast um we're, we're not we don't you're not going to hear us talking about the big two um we're not trying to chase a trend we're you know our audience are is the uh, is the grinder the hustler the 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 the, the blue collar worker you know it's, it's it's that guy that's that has a dream and is, and is fighting tooth and nail to make it happen so we interview um whether it's a starving musician or a puppeteer or a cosplayer or an illustrator or a writer um uh, we've had so many different people on our show that um represent the arts and um uh, and they're the, and they're making it their way, and so we stay true to that niche. So, do you uh, approach certain people, or do people like approach you to be on the show? When we came back, we did the approaching. Now, um, it, it just every day we're getting inquiries, um, you know, and so we had to get a calendar system, calendly, um, and so now when people reach out, like here's the link, book yourself um, for an open slot, um, and it only allows them to book on the tough slots that are we made available. And um, so they're booking straight through the spring. Cool, cool, yeah. nice. You, uh, you ever thought like if you had not stopped, you would have been like, yes, yes, I it as big right now. I say it all the time to my wife. I was like, man, I said because Joe Rogan was been in the game for a long since. Uh, yes, same time. Yes, right? so yeah. I was like, honey, and at that time, um, when I look back on it, I was you know the views on YouTube were like. 4,000, 5,000 on per video that we were putting up. The downloads audio were getting like 50,000. I'm like, but we didn't know what that was, right? You know, because, you know, I knew that how to do it. I just didn't understand what that meant for long-term monetary gain. That's what I did. That's the part. That was the missing component. If I would have known, I would have never left it. Right. Because I would, I would have never left, I would have left podcasting. I would have just left the comics. I would have stuck with the podcasting. Um, right. And I think that's where that was the biggest, but it's like, damn, I, I just let it slip through my cracks. And then, then all of the influences came out of nowhere and uh, they just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everybody and their mother is an influencer now. Yes, I know. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Can I get a piece of cake, please? <laughs> I know. I know. And they have way less talent, talent than us, too. Yes, it's crazy. It's like, come on. <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, I'm sure you know you're gonna get back to your to to your what where you were supposed to be sooner or later, right? Yeah, it's, you know you gotta grind. I mean, when we came back in 2019, we had 52 subscribers to the 49 49 subscribers to the channel. You know, now we're up to 500 and I forgot it's a little over 500 um, in two years. So and it's it's a it's a hustle because we're a niche market as well. You know, and right. so uh, you right. know the community the community has to help with the outsourcing. So. We always tell our guests the best thing you could do for us uh, in return is just to subscribe and encourage your listeners, your, your supporters to subscribe. Yeah. Said, yeah, yeah. Because when we grow, you grow. Yeah. I say the same thing to my guests as well. Yeah. So um, what, what's the deadline for this to kick solder? When is it going to end? It ends March 8th. March 8th. Okay. Yeah. Um, so what's the what's the goal like uh, money wise for the Kickstarter? The, the goal that I put there um, is fifteen hundred dollars, but my my so there's the, the the goal that you see and the goal that I would like. Um, I would like I really it's basically a people goal for me. I'm trying to get it into I want to break a hundred backers. Um, so right now we're trending to make the, the fifteen hundred goal hopefully by this weekend. Um, um, but 
I really wanted just to get it into as many hands. So even if all of them just did, did the digital level and I had 200 backers that did the, the, you know, the $5 digital, um, that means 200 people read the book, uh, even if it was just digital. So for me, um, I, I'm glad we're going to make the goal, but I'm, I'm really trying to get into hands. Right, right, right. Um, you you, you uh, talked to any like game developers to do like uh, maybe like uh, like a, a game based on the, the concept? Because I think it worked. Yes, it, I, I'm working on a trading card game. Mm -hmm. um, I'm designing the board for the trading card game. It's a tabletop trading card game. Um, but yes, my, you know, I just did a, there's a, there's a, uh, or maybe an educational game, maybe. Yes. 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 Cause so the, the trading card game is educational. So there's, there's, um, there's a power level. There's a, there's a, there's a fuel level and there's a trivia question per card. Mm -hmm. Um, and it all ties into the book and to the universe. And, um, and so like a lot of the activities that are in the book all tie into the game as well. So it helps with, oh, I know where that came from. Um, and there's over a hundred different characters. So it's gonna be a lot of different playing cards and, and several volumes. So volume one trading card is, there, is, is available on the campaign. The game won't be ready till the end of the year um, because I'm still developing it, um, the board game. Um, you uh, gonna do a Kickstarter for that? Yes, so I'm gonna do a separate, once it's all done and the rule book and the playbook is done, I'm gonna do a separate campaign just for the tabletop trading card board game. But you can get volume one trading card and you can get a guidebook to all the characters, um, volume one on this campaign. So you okay. get an insight onto what's to come on the future games. Wow, you got a real big franchise you're working on there. That's my goal is just to have the trifecta. So when I pitch it, you know, when I get into that boardroom and do my pitch, I want to let Dude do all the speaking. I'm just going to be like, here he is, you know, um, you know, so I want to try to cover all my bases and walk in as one brand and just say, hey, look, it's ready. Here's the prototype dolls. Here's the prototype action figure. Here's the, here's the animated, I, you know, I have an animated short, you know, so I have, I'm trying to develop it also, just make it easier. So I'm not doing a lot of convincing, but the brand will do the convincing for me. Oh, so you have an animated short already? I just have a, a one-minute trailer. Um, it's on the okay. Kickstarter campaign. Um, you know, it's not it's not a Disney-esque, but it's good enough um, to get somebody's attention. It's it's really the opening sequence where Duty first crash lands on Earth. So it's him right. coming to Earth, and he crash lands, and then he's running through the forest. He's being chased by a wolf. Um, so yeah, so that's I, I could see sequence. I could see this show on like you know Nickelodeon or Cartoon Network, you know, because yeah. worse. Yes. Yes. Thank no. you. Thank you. Um, we, you know, when I first launched it years ago, when I first came out with it, I almost had a deal with Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, I was represented by a, a Circle of Confusion, which represents. Oh Robert yes, Kirkman I know. I know those yes. guys. Yeah. Yeah. So I met them at Licensing Expo. I had a booth at Licensing Expo. Um, I had a lot of interest, and you know, I just, I just didn't have this, the, the, the smarts to deal with all these, these sharks. And so that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so circle of confusion said, look, we'll represent you. We don't take a cut until, unless we get you a deal and we take our 15%. And I, I was like, okay. So they were representing Robert Kirkman, the walking dead, the Wachowski brothers, the matrix, you know, they were the who's who. And um, so they got us onto the table with Disney Warner brothers. And I think it was Nickelodeon. And then Unfortunately, what happened for me and some other guys that I knew that had um, cartoon deals in the, in the works, it was first quarter of the new year. And everyone knows that corporations, they change leadership.
They, you know, they, they make cuts, they hire new blood. So that's what happened. So the people we were dealing with were cut and they bought a new blood and everything that was on the table was trashed and wow. they wanted to start fresh. So that was one of the reasons why I left comics um, because it was like the final blow for me. Cause I was like, I was burning money, um, my own money. And, um, and there were, and that was the one thing I was banking on. And, uh, and that was like, I was like, I'm done. I, I, I need a break. And uh, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, that's, we what kicks, that's what Kickstarter is for, though, you know, because a lot of yeah. creators get a new life on that. Yeah, that's the reason why when I came back in 2019, I met a guy named J.D. Calderon, who is a, a, a crowdfunding veteran. And mm -hmm. so um, I had him on the show. We did a four part series on how to do a crowdfunding from planning it to executing it to what you do afterwards. And that's what helped me um, um, with my first crowdfunding campaign. I mean, it's a lot of work, though. Yeah, it, it, it is a lot of work. That's yes. why I can, only do, I can only do 21 days because just designing the page, you know, you have to create the graphics and all this stuff and you got to come up with the tiers and it just takes a long time. And it, and it doesn't end when the Kickstarter ends. No, no. Because now you, you got to mail all that stuff yes, out. Yes, you know? I do it all myself. I know. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, for that whole week, the, my, my dining room's a mess because it's just boxes and bags and boards and ink and tape everywhere yeah yeah uh <laughs> and you spend time in the post office yeah no actually i do it and i have them pick it up oh okay because <laughs> yeah, i when i have it stacked there's no way i'm taking it so i already do it I, I create the labels at home you know i have a scale you know and then um they just pick it up and i do it in segments so i do it by tier so huh. um I, I do a tier they'll pick it up the next day i'll do another tier they'll pick that up um and do it that way you got any um any backers from like uh, overseas? Not yet on this campaign. It's open international. I haven't got anything yet. On the last campaign I did, um, I had from um, I had from uh, Ireland. I had it from Canada, um, and I forgot where the other one was. Um, but this one not yet, and it's only day two. I mean, so we we've been up for two days now, um, and uh, so we'll see what happens. But it's open international. But right. you know, international shipping is a little expensive. I know. I that's know. why I have the digital. That's why I have, that's why I have the digital bundles for the international in case. They yeah, have, yeah. They stick a shock. I did a Kickstarter once. I know it's expensive to go. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I did do the digital thing. I was smart too. <laughs> yes, yes. That's why I always tell it. You know, because I, I get people overseas. Oh, you know, you know, this, the shipping. I say, hey, get the digital copy. Um, and uh, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I want all the success for you. you. You guys, you know, you deserve it. You know, thank you. Thank yeah. you. And it's a funny concept. I hope uh, everybody can check it out. And if you have a kid out there, this is a, this is a fun book for them. You know, I mean, uh, I was in Target and I saw there was a book about um, an alien, but I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, no. There's a whole series of books about, um, the, these aliens that look like butts. It's a really popular book. <laughs> they have it in Target. I've seen it. Really? Yeah, I got to check it out. Okay, so I'm saying I want to see your book in Target one day. <laughs> it will be. It will be. Uh, yes. Even if, even if, um, you know, I'll, even if I have to go through a print-on-demand service to get it out there, but yes, it will. Yeah, because, you know, if a, if a book about butts can be popular with kids, you know, Yes. Yours, yours would be way more popular, you know. Thanks. Because <laughs> I think they actually have a, a movie deal. Really? 
I got to really, uh, you got to look it up. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know the name of the book. Right. I saw like five or six titles in Target. <laughs> it's like uh, Alien Ate My Butt. I think it's, that's, what, that's what it's called or something. Interesting. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, I, I want a lot of success for you. Everybody come and check out this Kickstarter. Give some money to this guy. He needs it. It's going to be a, a really good book. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And if you're a teacher, you know, pick some up for your class. If you want to, you know, do a break and uh, get some kids to laugh and learn some science. Yes. Yes. And I do have a lot of teachers that listen to the show. So yes, check them out. Is there like a link for like, especially for teachers or like for educators? Or there's, there's, there's two educator bundles. There's a digital version and there's a physical version. So the digital version, um, it gives you uh, 25 license. So you get like you a classroom of 25 students. You, you have a license to distribute the, the digital to all 25 students. The teacher gets a physical copy and a pinup for the classroom that says, um, I love learning, you know, duty loves learning. And um, so that's the digital. Then there's a physical cop um, figure where, where you get 25 copies for the classroom. So there's two bundles for the educators and there's also retail bundles as well. Does the bundle have like uh, like different uh, exercises, like educational exercises in it? Well, each book, yeah, each book. So each book has trivia questions, all science-based trivia questions. Um, they have uh, word puzzles. Um, there's a thesaurus. You know, mm -hmm. that uh, helps kids understand what duty's saying. And there's also a maze. Um, okay. Um, where, yeah, where, they, where you have to try to get the uranium chips from the center of the maze so that duty can fuel his ship. Okay. And you designed all of these things yourself? Yes. yes. Oh, wow. You, you probably uh, should make like a big, just an activity book alone. Uh, with just that's the goal. That, that's my goal is um, hopefully that's why this campaign is so important to me is to hopefully there's enough of, of uh, eyes on this and um you know i have one retailer already made an order uh, from the mm -hmm. campaign which i'm excited about i'm hoping more retailers come out and um support it as well so I, it's the market will decide what happens you mm -hmm. know they're, they're gonna make or break me <laughs> <laughs> no i i i think you're, you're gonna do well on this uh, i i think it's a good idea and everybody's gonna check it out thank you all right uh make sure to uh Check out this Kickstarter. It's the alien in my toilet, right? Yes, yes. It's live right now. There's an alien in my toilet. It's on Kickstarter now, and it runs from now through the 8th of March. Thank you, Sam, for coming on our show and talking about your new Kickstarter. There's an alien in my toilet. Okay, uh, make sure everybody out there listening, let's help Sam achieve his uh, goal of making his, uh, his book come true. His 10-part story of uh, alien in a toilet and, and his adventures on earth okay let's let's try to get that uh dream possible okay guys so uh make sure to uh donate some money to the kickstarter it's it's gonna end in 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 very soon so so, so please please try to try to donate as much money as you can before uh, the kickstarter uh deadline is up okay so please please help them out Make sure you know. Give us a like, and uh, and follow us on Facebook at the Geek Dad Podcast. Check out my other podcast with uh, the G-rated version with the, that I do with my kids, and uh, follow me on Twitter. And basically, just you know, 
tell everybody else about the show. Let's spread word about the show. Leave a review. You know, let's spread the word. You know, that's how the show grows. You know, help us out. Thank you. And see you next time. Bye.